Hello everyone and welcome to Bear All, the brand new dating and sex podcast by open-minded dating app Bear. I'm Sophie, the host, and each week I'll be joined by a fab guest who'll be coming on and talking about all things sex and dating related. Grab a glass of wine, sit down and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Bear All. I'm so excited to be launching the Sex and Relationship podcast. Today we'll be talking about first dates, the good, the bad and the ugly and I'm joined by the wonderful Emily Lavinia who is an award-winning LGBTQ writer, digital marketing expert and a successful influencer, basically an all-round powerhouse and I think I'm right in saying this, a bit of a sex positive queen. Is that a fair, a fair introduction? I mean, that is an amazing introduction. Take it. Thank you very much, Sophie. <laughs> it's fab to be here. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Start off, like, well, like I said, we're going to be chatting about first dates, but we're going to start by doing a fun little game that our wonderful social media assistant, Enya, has put together. So, and we'll be doing this at the start of each episode. So she has sent a secret email. I'm calling it secret because we're not, we weren't allowed to open it before now. And apparently there's an unusual picture of a sex position and we need to guess what it is. So if you're ready to open it up and we will describe to everyone listening what we can see. Have you got it up? I have. Oh, oh. wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so just, just to let everyone know what Emily and I are looking at. Uh, there is a woman who is sort of on her shoulders on the floor, but with her legs sort of folded up near her head and the she's with a man and the man is um he kind of looks like he's sitting on the toilet and he's reading the newspaper um, yeah that's what I thought at first I, th- I thought maybe it's like kind of a different version of like the butter churner or something well, but she looks like she's doing the plow like the yoga move <laughs> and the fact that he's reading the paper whilst perched on her with his little butt makes me think <laughs> This is something else. <laughs> yeah, I because I thought the butter churner straight away, but it must be some twist on it. And to be honest, if I was ever with someone and they thought that they could get out a newspaper whilst we're having sex, then I would not be impressed. Um, I quite like his um, Freddie Mercury handlebar moustache, though. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like she cool. might be able to read a bit of the paper as well, because her head's sort of looking up at the paper. That's um, true. Maybe he's reading it to her aloud. Oh, that's quite <laughs> Return. <laughs> so what are you what's your guess on what on what this is called I mean I have no idea I I'm gonna take a wild guess um and I'm gonna call it the commode oh what am I gonna go for I mean it's definitely not called this the thing that's come to head is the the read and perch um <laughs> but I have a strong feeling it is not called the read and perch but I will open up the answer Oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay. I mean, my answer was a bit more gross than yours, so let's hope it is <laughs> like the reading punch. <laughs> oh, it is. It is the butter churner. It is the butter. So we okay. Of. So in in to my knowledge, the butter churner is slightly different because the woman's or whomever is facing forwards in a kind of more of a handstand type position as opposed to on their back yeah. with their legs over their head. Maybe we've been doing the butter churner all wrong, Sophie. I mean, I've never tried the butter churner. I'm not sure that I ever will. <laughs> Get I'm your newspaper. Sure Let's give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, I mean, it seems for, for the man in the picture, it seems like he has quite a, a relaxing role there. So um, 
but why does it look like he's on the loo? That to me seems that, a little bit. I mean, the newspaper. Unless, yeah. unless she's into that. Yeah, we we can't. We don't want to kink shame just just yet. No, absolutely not. She might love it. So yeah, you know, more power well, to her. The Freddie Mercury lookalike and his partner. They seem to be having fun. Uh, doing their version, of, <laughs> their version of the Buffy Turner. So now that 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 fun segment's out of the way, what basically wanted to chat with you about today was first dates. And I think a, a good starting question is: Are you a fan of first dates? Because I feel like a lot of people are either like a bit like me, like love them, so exciting, or they're like their worst nightmare. They hate them. They're a bit of a pain in the bum. Uh, where do you stand in that sort of field? Well, I'm someone who really enjoys the process of dating and I date a lot. So I'm with you. I think the the first date is always a really nice opportunity to, you know, enjoy meeting somebody new. And I, can, I get that there's a lot of anxiety around it. And especially with Corona and everything, it's been, it's become something that's a bit taboo. You know, do you meet up? How close do you get? But you know, for me, it's always been something really fun that I do look forward to. And it's nice building up to that when you're chatting to someone. So I would say I am pro first dates. Yeah, I feel I love the like, the nerves beforehand, but you know, when you sort of get butterflies, but it's a good kind of nervous butterflies, not sort of the obviously, it's not nice, you've got debilita- debilitating anxiety around first date. I'm talking <laughs> about like the butterflies, you are like, I'm not sure if I'll like this person, will I fancy them? Where will the night go? Oh, I love it. I think it's also great because you want to make a good first impression, obviously. You're both setting out to impress the other person. So it's really nice that this is one of the situations where in life we bring our A-game and we turn up as our best selves and we showcase all the things about ourselves that are really lovable and cool and funny and wonderful. And we spend time vibing off someone else that's showing up as their best self as well. And that's a really lovely thing because you know, whether we're going to work or whether we're doing a school run or, you know, doing whatever, you know, walking my dog, I don't bring my best self out to do that. So it's quite nice to step into that part of myself when I go to meet someone new. Yeah, for sure. And the whole like pre-date routine where you're like, well, if you wear makeup, like putting your makeup on, getting ready and like feeling like feeling yourself and just feeling like, Mm. yeah, that that like knowing that you're going to be presenting your best self and you get to show off a little bit. Um, I love attention so maybe that's why I like to go and show (laughs) who doesn't love attention Sophie that is totally normal (laughs) Um, you have any really amazing first dates you've had or really bad ones so there yeah there are a few probably I'll start with the worst because we can we can build up so one I had in particular was terrible it was um the first time I'd ever used a dating app and I got catfished by an elderly gentleman. Oh, <laughs> and, no. And, yeah, it was textbook stuff. And um, didn't actually make it on the date. I got into the Uber that he had he'd sent me an Uber, which was nice of him. We've been chatting for about three days. I didn't really know anything about verified profiles or the need to check someone's validity of their existence. Um, thought I was talking to a 28-year-old. Turned out I was talking to a guy who was 65 and lived in Bromley. And I was about to get in a taxi to his house. And then he sent me a picture and said, oh, by the way, this is me. Are you still coming? And no. I said, well, no. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm going to do? Say, oh, yeah, all right then. I mean, whatever. And it was it was really kind of shocking and humiliating. And although 
I had never been catfished before, I felt this sort of profound sense of anger because he then did the classic sort of incel thing where he kicked off at me and started having a go and telling me that, well, I think his exact words were, pretty girls like you are so stuck up, you know, all you, all you care about is looks. And I said, well, no, all I care about is someone being who they say they are. <laughs> so goodbye. Even though they're in the wrong that they've been dishonest, that he then had the right to accuse you and attack your personality and your looks essentially in one go. Mm. Yep, telling me I was shallow and that I only cared about the boy in the picture. I said, well, I thought I was talking to the boy in the picture. That's who I thought I was matching with. You know, yeah. and let's be honest, that is important to people when they're using dating well, this, apps. I, we go for looks and personality. Well, exactly. We don't just and go don't for personality. There's nothing wrong with that because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not attracted to someone but you get on really well, likelihood is they're going to be a, a good friend of yours and that's fine. You know, you need that attraction. And often the first date is sussing out, do you have chemistry? Are you attracted to that person? And that's not shallow. That's just that's just how relationships tend to work out. There is some level of, of mutual attraction. We're allowed to choose, aren't we? We're allowed yeah, to just decide, I fancy you or I don't. I want to or I don't. It's yeah. basic consent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like consent one-on-one, essentially. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I imagine um, like if that was me, I feel almost scared of what could have been like if he hadn't sent that picture and you turned up and you had to deal with telling him, rejecting him in person. Like that's quite a scary thought. Wow. Yeah, that definitely worried me, especially because it was my first experience of chatting to someone on a dating app. I thought, gosh, imagine if I'd turned up at his place and something horrible had happened. Or yeah. imagine if the aggression I got in that text message was manifested in person in a way that made me feel physically unsafe I mean it's it's wild out there and since then I've become a bit of a dating app pro and I'm a real advocate for verified profiles mm -hmm. making sure that the person is who they say they are because that's you know that's a bad date and a, yeah. and a very very scary near miss so that was a bad date um, that, that kind of didn't happen but was still pretty bad yeah. I would say my best um, same app about four years later was we never met We'd just been chatting for a weekend. We decided to book flights and go to San Francisco for the weekend. And Yay. that was a phenomenal date. Loved that one. It's our first date in San Francisco. Yeah, we um, so we'd FaceTimed and we chatted on the phone and we'd been talking for about three or four days. And we both was talking about how much we needed a holiday and we didn't really know who to go with or what to do. So we decided that we'd just go to San Francisco for the weekend and it was great. Oh my goodness. So you, I'm guessing you met this person at the airport and then just... Yep. We met at the airport. We got in an Uber. It was a little bit kind of anxious and weird and we were both sort of nervous and laughing and we got to the hotel and we checked in and then we just went for a walk um, along the pier in San Francisco and looked out on the bay and just talked to each other all day long went for dinner and then just spent the rest of the weekend sort of vibing it was really nice it was wow. sunny it was spring so yeah it was a great date That's such we didn't actually end up in a relationship but it was great <laughs> so did you like were you chatting because San Francisco is a long flight if I'm right in thinking yeah I mean from London it's 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 a fairly long one yeah there. did you chat the whole time on the plane as well yeah, we were talking, well, we matched, we were talking all weekend and then midweek we booked our flights and then the following weekend we went out there. So it was kind of, a, the whole thing was two weeks long and wow. that was it. And then we met up in London 
twice and then following that never saw each other again wow what a story you got out of that though yeah it was and it was lovely I had such a good time and I always think about it really positively because it was fun and it was consensual and everyone was accountable for who they were and what they were doing and it was just a really a really nice thing to do with someone that I really fancied and you know wanted to have that first date experience with that's amazing it's romantic and I think there should be an element of romance in first dates I don't think it's cringe to to turn up and want to be romantic with someone or to you know bring your a-game I mean it depends what you're into some people might be a bit cringed out if someone turns up with a dozen red roses but I think it's you know it's quite cute why not indulge a little bit you might never see them again make make a story make a day of it yeah I think that's another sort of thing I get in my head before dates is that like whether you see this person again or not whether you fancy them whether you're going to end up in a relationship or they're going to ghost you afterwards whatever it may be like you have the chance to have a really fun night with someone so no matter what happens after that like that's kind of special in itself which I really I really like that attitude towards towards first dates you're totally right I have enjoyed you know I've enjoyed dates abroad I've enjoyed dates at you know the swanky hotels in London but equally I've really enjoyed some of my park bench dates that I've had in lockdown Mm -hmm. where we've just had a you know a bottle of Prosecco and had a chat and walked the dog because it's more about the company and it's about the energy you bring than you know your surroundings. Yeah I completely agree you mentioned a little bit earlier how especially the San Francisco date that you'd been chatting for like a weekend and then you sort of arranged it do you have like a preferred sort of timeline of if you're talking to someone on a dating app when you want to ask them out or them to ask you out because I've had friends message me being like oh it's been three weeks and they haven't asked me out yet or I only matched with them this morning and they want to get, grab a drink today like what do I do like there's this panic of like what is the perfect time to ask or be asked out on a date what's your opinion on that? Well I think it's it's totally down to you and I think you can take as long as you like and it really also depends on your compatibility you might both be the sort of people that just want to get offline and meet but equally personally I think anyone that puts I'm not here for pen pals let's meet up see if we click I just think that's not very respectful of other people and their boundaries I you know mm-hmm. if you don't like speaking to people on dating apps and you just want to get off and get into the real world don't talk to people on dating apps yeah. you know don't pressure people to meet you if they're not ready to um personally I like to ask a few things about my matches before I even give them my number let alone agree yeah. to meet up But I think also, you know, there've been people I've spoken to for like two months and things have just sort of fizzled out because the conversation hasn't been flowing naturally. And I've thought, well, if you're not going to ask me, I'm not going to ask you. And it becomes a bit of a stalemate. And I do find that I don't know what it is about women who date women, but maybe we just think we're all far too special to have to make the first move because what you end up doing a lot of the time especially on all the kind of lgbtq dating apps that women use you'll match with you know loads and loads of really hot women and be like hey hey how's it going yeah good good you yeah good good nothing tumbleweeds (laughs) and then it's that's it so um you know in some cases if one of you were to say great okay let's meet up yeah that you know that might get the ball rolling a bit more but yeah, I think it, it totally depends on you and your preference, how comfortable you are. And now I guess your vaccination status, whether you're okay being out and about and going back to bars and restaurants and that kind of thing. Um, I certainly don't like it when people say to me, let's stop faffing around. I don't want a pen pal. Yeah. 
I just tend to get a bit yeah. sarky with them and say, well, I am. I'm here for correspondence. Yeah. Yeah. Writing, writing only. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a good answer. Yeah, I found that sometimes <laughs> when people say like, oh, I hate small talk. And as soon as someone says that, it's like, well, you're someone new. Of course, we're not going to have these deep conversations. I've just messed Of course, I'm going to ask you how your day was or what job you do. Like, what's mm. wrong with that? And, yeah. and then thanks for your interest in getting to know me. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't really know what you want to do from that and I've I have felt before that um sometimes when I've yeah I've been asked for dates like that day that I'm a bit like oh you just sort of desperate for a date tonight or has someone else cancelled mm. and you just want to book me in and that maybe that's me being cynical and you know sometimes I think yeah it depends if, if you've been chatting all morning and it's going back and forth and you feel comfortable with them and you think yeah why not then go for it but yeah I agree with you it's a it's a it puts me off if they sort of put pressure on it and I think that could be an issue coming up with the easing of lockdown if some people would still rather go on park dates rather than going to a bar or something like that there could be pressure from people being like no why not let's let's just go to a bar like what are you worried about which hmm. I can see that being an issue um definitely and I also stuff. think like we we don't really you know we don't really respect how much technology does for us that like, I like talking to people on apps but then I grew up in the MySpace era and I'm comfortable chatting on my phone and I'm comfortable like getting to know someone online you find with lots of people that they're always like chemistry 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 you can't tell anything about person until you meet them but I disagree you know some people have relationships that span 10 years and they live in different countries and mm. they just talk online and that's amazing yes it's nice to meet up with someone and you know, have a whiff of their pheromones and get a sense of how tall they are and how big their hands are and whether they dress well. But mm -hmm. let's be honest, if um, if they just want to meet up with you and, and don't even want to talk to you about yourself and they don't mm -hmm. show any interest in you, maybe they do just want to want to hook up. And if that's not what you want to do, then do not feel pressured. Yeah, for sure. Because I find as well, like, it is quite a good way to see if I'm compatible with someone because if I'm chatting to someone in a relationship... I'm the kind of person I like to message them multiple times a day um whereas I have friends who they're fine with just a phone call at the end of the day they don't want to be texting someone all the time I like that constant communication within reason so if you know I get that bias on a dating app then I'm like okay well we're, we're clearly similar in that where if there's someone who hates texting then probably we're not going to be that compatible to date anyway because they might not want to text me all the time and I'll be sat there staring at my phone <laughs> wanting them to send me a message so that's a good way to see if, if I'm actually compatible with someone and the, the thing that annoys me as well is when people jump on and say sorry not on here much Instagram me oh no the rebel in me just wants to say don't tell me what to do no I will not on principle I don't care how hot you are <laughs> or, or snapchat they're like just snap me it's like I don't have Snapchat because I'm, I'm not 14 years old. Because I'm an adult, yeah. <laughs> no, I, did, I have heard, though, that apparently um, some small-scale influencers will do that on dating apps, even if they're in a relationship, as it's a way to gain more followers, which is quite... Well, people have asked me in the past, funny you should say that, so are you dating or are you just here for followers? And really? I've been asked that many, many times. So I took my Instagram off my dating profiles because I just was thinking, yeah. well... No, I'm obviously not here for followers. I mean, you can follow me if you like. And I mean, I post a lot of thirst traps, so I don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah. Like but <laughs> but it's it's not my primary reason for being here. No. And I didn't really realise that it was um it was a tactic to to build your audience. But I mean, you know, 
get it where you can girl well yeah done. you do you whatever, whatever works um for sure and it's, it was interesting what you said about that that sometimes when you're like messaging or matching with women that there can become a bit of a stalemate because some of my bi friends like when I'm complaining about men they're like women can be just as well not nearly as bad on dating apps um which I I don't have much experience with that um do you like you know chatting do you find one almost easier than the other if that makes sense in terms of I I think it really depends on the person but then in a broader sense than that it depends on their kind of gendered conditioning Mm. so on the whole not all men but men will act in particular ways and my issues with them will kind of span men in general Mm -hmm. and then all the things I love about them will also kind of be pertinent to most men whereas Mm. with women there are different issues in terms of how we date how we connect how we communicate so that, I mean there I think there are pros and cons dating both sides but I mean a lot of the time I find myself having like an existential biases and I don't know whether I like either because I just think oh bloody hell this is so difficult and mm-hmm. you know I've got I'm talking to this girl that's really hard work and I'm talking to this guy who thinks I'm a sex object and then I'm talking to this guy who, you know, just is really pressuring me to be his girlfriend and have his babies. Mm-hmm. And then actually the person that I'm really in love with is this woman that never texts me back. So <laughs> you just can't really win. And I think it maybe does become more complex um, mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you date people of all genders yeah. because you're constantly at odds with how they perceive themselves in society as well and how they think yeah. they should act. I think, um, you know, I go out with a a lot of sort of femme women who love to be chased and love to be made to feel gorgeous and special because I I like that too. I think a lot of people like that. You know, everyone does. Um, But then I also tend to match a lot with guys who do this this kind of negging thing and this playing hard to get and trying to make me chase them, not in the kind of cute way that the women do but in quite a kind of aggressive way Mm. and you notice those differences when you date men and women and some days you just think I wish I didn't bother with either (laughs) yeah I mean I can relate to that with with men in uh well I I tend to date men so I'm just like why do I even bother um, all my friends are like they're like yeah I'm, give, I'm deleting all my dating apps I'm gonna have a break from them and then like two weeks later they're like okay yeah so I met this guy called Tom and then like the process <laughs> starts again um yeah, yeah I think it's, it, so, it's-, it's so annoying because they are so so gorgeous and you know love them so much but they can be so bloody annoying can't they mm-hmm. for sure for sure yeah but it does sometimes make you question your own wants and needs as well mm. I think especially when someone is really clear on what they want mm. I think it's quite easy to lose yourself if you really like someone and start thinking well maybe I just want what they want for sure yeah I think you know and that's coming out of a relationship I think you're you're able to see that more than because when you're in it you're sort of blinded by love and happy things and you're in this like little bubble and then coming out of you're like oh did I actually want that or like what do I want um and I think dating is such a good way to figure that out because you know even you know just little things I started I don't know if this is a weird thing to say but I started a list on my phone that that for you know if I do get into another relationship these are the things that I know I want and the things that 
I, I don't want to budge on. And so like, if I'm ever falling for someone, I can check and make sure that I'm not going against any of those things because these are things I decided when I was happy in myself that I wanted from a partner. So I think that's quite a good that's thing. That's not weird. That's not weird at all. That is really intelligent and something that um, any love and relationships coach will tell you to do. They say it should be no more than 10 things Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be things like, um, you know, they're they're not a liar because obviously you're not going to put on your list. I want a liar. So that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, But it has to be things like, you know, do do they want to travel? Or are they, you know, are they the sort of person that's going to be stuck to where they are? If you see yourself traveling the world, then, you know, that's going to be a deal breaker. Do they want kids? You know, are they emotionally intelligent? Are they kind? All of these things are really important. And, you know, some of the things on your list could be really important to you and not important to others. Like, you know, they have to have green eyes or they can't have any tattoos. Some people, you know, certain things are important to them and to certain people, others aren't. I mean... There are, I have a list and I think it's important to have a list because that way I know as soon as I meet someone, I'd really like to have sex with you, but you're definitely not list material. Yeah. And, you know, that's cool for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That actually leads quite, ni- quite nicely onto my next question is I get really frustrated at so first date etiquette or norms. And by that, I don't mean like turning up on time and being polite because that just goes without saying. I mean, like, you know, when people say, you know, don't have sex on the first date or you know if you do that they'll put you in one night stand material they won't consider you for a relationship and this idea is that there are certain rules that you need to follow if you want something out of that person and that really bothers me have you experienced that yourself or is that something that you experience potentially more from men than women or so have you had that yeah I I think we have an issue in that society in general has a shame problem. Mm. So for me, having sex on a first date is a, you know, is a case of preference. If you want to, and it's going well, and you're vibing with someone and you want to have sex with them, then have sex with them. Just be safe mentally and physically, make sure that you're protecting yourself. Um, If you don't want to have sex with them, then don't. Um, If you think you might later down the line, but you're not ready, then that's fine too. But the idea that any of those decisions has any bearing on how people see you or judge you morally is total fucking bullshit yeah because i mean we we kind of have this problem with this victorian moral set of values that we're almost kind of shuffling through as if we're in some kind of hungover dazed state applying them to to ourselves and to our society and to our genders and to our you know our identities in a way that makes no sense um it's really restrictive it makes people feel ashamed and upset and judged and none of it is necessary I mean let's be honest we we come from you know creatures that lived in communal societies and all had sex with each other and all looked after the kids and pleasure was important and body shame wasn't a thing so just because a few straight white men decided at some point that that's not what we should really be doing Mm. I mean that shouldn't really have any bearing on how you feel about your own pleasure and pursuing it so in a long-winded way um no I don't I don't think um anyone has the right to judge you for deciding when you want to have sex but unfortunately they might because Mm -hmm. we have this problem 
Um, that's something that you will have to navigate, especially as a woman, because you will be judged more than a man because we have been taught that women should be chaste and pure and should save themselves. And if they sleep around, you know, they're somehow dirty. And but I mean, put it like this. Would you rather have sex with someone who had no experience or would you rather have sex with someone who had loads of experience and was really good at it? I mean, I'd probably pick the latter because I'd quite like to have a good time. For sure. I mean, it's this whole sort of dichotomy of female sexuality where it's like you're either like a slut, putting that in quote marks, or an innocent, chaste woman. It's like you're one or the other. So it's like... Yeah, the Madonna or the whore. And that dates back to a lot of classical art and a lot of sort of weird biblical references that have no place in our society. As a... like as a theology graduate like that just like I just find it so fascinating um and how we've still got it now because there still is that judgment and say even in like recent tv shows and films like cultural references to like oh you didn't you know you didn't sleep with that person on the first date or you know just jokes that were made about it all the time it's like why does it matter yeah I think that's a really good point that you make I mean the idea that they're either a nice girl or they're a slutty girl. I struggle with that being a sex positive woman and being queer and being someone that writes about sex and, Mm -hmm. you know, posts about sex toys on their Instagram. I'll be chatting to someone and I'm, you know, we keep saying not all men. It's usually men. Women don't really do this to me ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I find it's particularly a, a sort of type of straight man they'll be chatting away to me they'll be really nice they'll be really respectful the moment they get a sense of the fact that I enjoy sex as a human being and I'm okay talking about it they it's like a switch flips in their head and I become this kind of exotic peep show material that they can speak to as if they're speaking to one of those phone sex hotlines from the 90s and that I'm there to gratify them and that I'm not worthy of respect and you just think what has just happened to you to make you be, you know, you went from speaking to me with respect for my boundaries and now you're, oh, you write about sex. What's the, what's the kinkiest thing you've ever done? I'm like, don't ask me that. That's really rude. Yeah. That's a really rude personal question. Yes. I write about sex. It's my job. And um, yeah, I don't want to tell you that personal thing about myself or they try to start sexting, send pictures of their junk and you just think, no, I'm sorry, I'm not running. And if I were, I'd be, you know, you'd be paying me for this because this shit don't come for free. Um, And that's the other thing that annoys me. Sort of a lot of straight men think they can use dating apps as some kind of free sexual service Mm. when if they want to do that, then put money into the hands of sex workers and empower those women so that they can keep making content and, you know, they can benefit from it don't come to me on or yeah. whatever dating app and start trying to sext with me because I've posted a vibrator on my Instagram. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And also it's, again, it's that assumption that if you're a sex positive woman or you're comfortable talking about sex and masturbation, that that automatically means you want to sleep with everyone. And may, maybe you do mm-hmm. like maybe someone, you know, great for whatever, but there's that assumption that talking about it and being open because it goes against the norm of what women, well, we've had to essentially be quiet about our desires and sex in general. So as soon as you do start talking about it, yeah, it's like open season on you. In their eyes, it's like, well, they probably think, oh yeah, well, she posts a vibrator, that means she's absolutely gagging for it and I'll be doing her a favour. And it's such a warped view (laughs) of female sexuality. The way that women have been associated with sex is as objects for 
pleasure or mm -hmm. as um, you know objects to be exchanged for money or for goods or to be sold off as you know as a partner and we've also had this idea that you know it's it's sexy and it's raunchy and it's naughty and it's exotic but the whole idea that we might just want to talk about it um, yeah. and that it you know it can be very normal and very academic and very healthy I mean it's slowly creeping back to us and people are slowly becoming more and more okay with it but I do think because we've viewed sex through the male gaze for such a long time, the moment you think women and sex, you start rubbing your thighs and think, oh, sexy lady. You know, you don't think, you know, women able to talk about pleasure academically and, you know, worthy of respect and not to be wanked over. Because we fear being fetishized mm -hmm. and being put in a box and being harassed and being seen as the whore rather than the Madonna, often we won't advocate for ourselves and we will be too shy to say actually don't do that there do it here yeah. think about me you know learn more about my body because we don't want to be perceived as being sex mad and therefore stop being someone that's worthy of respect in in the eyes of our partner yeah. I think that is that fear that you know because we're taught in generally that men have higher sex drives than women and that as women you shouldn't really want it that much and you shouldn't really be interested in it it's something that you sort of give to your male partner this is a very obviously heteronormative view but it's something that you give your male partner almost as a reward so it's like if we're talking about it it's like that fear yeah that we're going to be seen as sex mad or I mean in the past we probably would have been burnt as witches or all sorts oh <laughs> yeah I'd like, be long gone yeah <laughs> I'm ginger as well so I didn't have a hope in hell god yeah it's 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 madness. Just to, this is a bit of a, a change of topic, but um, we talked a bit earlier about you might be looking for a relationship and then you end up chatting to someone who is super casual. What do you think, how do you explain to someone in quite a chill or like non sort of serious way what you're looking for? Because I'm all for communication, but I think a lot of people struggle with knowing how to do that in an appropriate way for the beginning of situationship um yeah I mean it's really I think it's really challenging and you raise a really good point because you do want to be upfront about what you want but you also don't want to be too intense I mean I've had a guy um cut a date short and just leave before because I said I didn't know if I wanted kids I was only about 26 and I honestly didn't know it hadn't really yeah. crossed my mind but he obviously thought you know if you're not on the same page as me if you're not looking to start a family there's no point us being here and he just got the check and was like let's go what do you think about that was were you sort of did you think fair enough or was a part of you like oh that's a bit a bit rude a bit unfair to to not give it a shot I thought it was incredibly rude yeah because he didn't care to learn anything about me other than whether I wanted to be a vessel for his children and yeah it was all a bit handmaid's tale and I just thought well I dodged a bullet there sure. um but also you know he seemed like a really nice guy like we had a lot in common um he was very handsome and I then thought well you know if this is the way that you're kind of vetting your dates good luck because you might meet someone that says yeah I just want to be a breeder let's get married yeah but on a first date I mean you should really hang out with someone a bit and yeah. also the, you know do you want to have children with you I mean I've just met you in general yeah. not sure I mean how how could you ask someone that yeah. but you know people do ask these things and they are important and I'm not um you know I'm not taking them down you know you have to ask these things if they're very important to you um but I think you know someone 
matching with me and saying, oh, by the way, I'm in an ethically non-monogamous relationship and I'm, um, you know, I'm partnered with a guy and he's bisexual and I'm bisexual. Are you okay with that? I really appreciate that kind of preamble. If I match with someone and they just say, hey, look, I'm not really looking for anything serious. I appreciate that. Mm. Um, But, you know, if someone busts in and says, I'm looking for a wife and nothing else, I just think, okay. (laughs) So I think maybe it is commitment that that frightens me uh, personally. And maybe if someone is quite upfront and forthcoming about the fact that they want a committed relationship, I find that intense, but maybe other people wouldn't. Yeah. I think it just takes a while. I think you need to have some conversations about who you are, what your what your ethics are, what you believe in, what you want from life. And that stuff will naturally flow. And I think if you let the conversation just go there, that's great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, for example, you are just looking for a unicorn, because I find that a lot of the time on dating apps, I'll match with gorgeous women and they'll say, hey, my boyfriend and I would love to meet up with you. And I just think, well, thanks for the disclaimer. I would have preferred it if it had actually been on your profile because then I wouldn't have matched with you. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a bit of a shock and it's sort of an assumption that you are okay with it just because of your sexuality, essentially. Yeah, and it's not nice being made... I do find as a queer woman, a lot of the time, I'm made to feel like a sex object. You mm. know, I get a lot of baby gays and women who want to experiment matching with me because I'm femme and probably seem like a relatively non-intimidating entry point into the world of lesbianism and the thing is I'm not running a queer university I'm not here to teach you or to let you experiment on me I'm a human being and I want to have great relationships and make good friends and have good sex so I don't really see that I need to be providing a service for you and your ugly boyfriend or for you and your fantasies about girl on girl because you've watched some Pornhub videos of women tripping so yeah sorry if I go into a bit too much ranty detail no I love it I love it Um, and I'm you know I'm not against group sex love a threesome in the right circumstances but I just think you know so many people are looking for someone who can just fill that gap for them and rather than seeing them as a person they see see as a sex object it's not treating you as a person yeah it's always like really creepy couples as well you know The, the girl will look really gorgeous you'll match with them and then they'll kind of, I don't like the way people do this like sexy voice. I don't know if you've like been to sex parties or been to sex events and stuff where people kind of put on this persona because of what they've seen in porn, where they feel like they need to be like, oh, hi, I'm really sexy. I'm doing my sexy voice at you. We're both sexy and we think you're sexy. Would you like to play with no. us sexy? And you're I just like, like, can you just talk to me in a normal voice, please? Because you are really cringing me out. And I find that a lot of these couples that use standard dating apps to meet women, they just kind of approach you with this hey sort of sexy thing and There's you just think oh god so unsexy about a put on sexy voice yeah um, and it's weird you know you go to these parties where everyone's sort of swanning around checking each other out like oh hey hey and I'm like hello my name is Emily How yeah. you doing? like that's a performative nature of of sex because they've seen it in porn essentially and we all know that porn is nothing like real sex or like mainstream porn it does not represent real sex that's a good thing I mean if recreating porn is your fantasy fine but it's not mine yeah don't bring me into that um (laughs) yeah I it was interesting as well that you mentioned so that sort of too early like mentioning commitment um can sort of scare or put you off a little bit I find it it's great if that's just already in the dating profiles like on bear or sith after something less serious something more serious then you just know that that's the easiest way because then even someone who's bad at communication doesn't have an excuse because 
gets on their profile. I also think we get two in our heads about this stuff because we've been sold this idea of the perfect union where we're supposed to meet, it's supposed to be great, we're supposed to fall in love, get married, have Mm -hmm. children. And actually, people don't always do that. In fact, a lot of us don't really do that. And, you know, I think it's important to remember that the person that you meet, you don't have to imagine them as your wife. You don't have to imagine them as, you know, raising kids with you. You can just go and have a nice time with them and that be enough. You know, I think looking after yourself emotionally and safeguarding yourself by saying things like, look, I'm just here to have a nice time. Yeah. That, you know, that's okay. Yeah, for sure. So to to finish up, we've got one more little game, which is basically a true and false quick fire round. So I've got three statements about dating and I just want you to let me know if they are true or false. So we'll see how many you can get right. So, oh no, I hope I don't do really badly. (laughs) um, So the first one is in 2020, dating apps global revenue increased to one billion pounds. That's definitely far, much higher. Yeah, yeah, you are right. According to this stat, it was around three three billion pounds. Mm. Well done. Yay. (laughs) The second one is that 56% of women have sex on the first date. Okay, I'm going to say that's true. Yeah, yeah, another tick. Apparently men it. at 58%, so it's pretty similar. Um, I mean, yeah, it is 50-50. We're all just sexual animals. So yeah. if we want to do it and we can be protected and we can look after ourselves, why wouldn't we? Yeah, for sure. And thirdly, over 60% of dating app users have tried virtual dating in the last year well in the last year yeah I would imagine even higher than that because none of us have been able to do any other kind yeah. of date <laughs> well it's that is that 65 percent um so yeah that's true as well you got three out of three there yes what do I get um nothing i <laughs> <laughs> on the back just you know <laughs> affirmation that you do know, you know. Oh, thanks Sophie I'll take it I like, that was really fun Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode and for sharing all your dating app and first date wisdom. Would you mind just sharing your social media handles if any listeners want to find out more about you and your work? Absolutely, yeah. So um, if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is UK. On Twitter, I tweet a lot about the articles I write about sex and dating and um, generally just weigh in on lots of LGBTQ stuff. And I'm Emily Lavinia there. Um, you can have a look, look at my website where there are lots of resources and things to read, which is emilylavinia.com. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and listening to my waffle. Love bear. So I'm very pleased to have been your first guest. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.